You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are loving the content right now while we're talking about apologetics. I know that I am. So I just want to give um, appropriate respect where it is due. This this series of podcasts on defending our faith, it really came out of a college retreat that our college students had recently um, where you know, Stroh took a group of about 20 college students just to discuss the reasons that we believe what we believe, how we defend our faith, some of the critical issues and conversations that we need to be prepared to have. I thought it was really timely. I was blown away by how well our college students engaged the content. And I just wanted to share, I guess, some of the highlights with our church family. And so we're following up today with a dialogue about how to have difficult conversations um, with people about our faith. Like when we're, so this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Like I'm thinking that if we're trying to defend our faith well, if we're trying to have these conversations, that's got to be had between human beings, right? It's got to be had between you and a coworker, you and a friend. And what can we do that will make those conversations um, a conversation that our friend can hear and think about? And so joining me on today's podcast episode, uh, Jeremy Stroh and Corey Jenkins. So Corey, Stroh, welcome aboard, man. We're glad to have you. Hey, so Stro, um, I'm going to get Corey to deliver the content for us in this, but let me just pick, kick off with you. You know, why does this matter? Like how to have these conversations? Why do our folks in, in our church, why do we need to think about this content from this episode? Yeah, man. So Corey's about to walk through a couple of questions that uh, a guy, uh, Greg Kokel, in a book called Tactics, um, that he he's laid out and his goal was not to... Um, uh, give you a ton of information so that you could ever answer every question that there is about science, faith, scripture, Jesus, God. His goal was to help on the apologetic side of the practical. Okay. How do you have good conversations? Right, You can have all the information in the world, but if you can't help someone think about it, if you can't talk through it with someone, it's not going not gonna to do you any good. So this one in particular is really good because what your goal is here is to help folks think through their their process of thinking to expose, to help them come to terms with some faulty ways of thinking, whether that's contradictions. That's the idea. It's just to kind of help them think through what do you believe? Yeah. How does that work? It's just to benefit, just to share some of the benefit that I've gained from this. Cause you and I've talked about this. Um, I don't know. We have conversations like this once in a while. You've taught me a lot, you know, on this topic and the way, one of the ways it helps me is I realize that a lot of the people that we dialogue with, not everybody, but a lot of the people that we dialogue with, um, they have adopted a worldview subconsciously without thinking about it. That's kind of inherent to worldview development. But the result of that is they say, I believe this or I believe that, but they don't know why they believe it. They're not sure they believe it. They don't know how concretely they believe it. In fact, you know, in conversations with our evangelism teams around the town, I found people that believe absolutely crazy things. And if we just could have a conversation, I think we could unpack it. Uh, and I can think of examples of where somebody said, you know, this is why I don't go to church. And when we talked, or this is why I don't want to follow God. And when we talked about it, it turns out that some of the things they thought, you know, were based on faulty premises. And so I, I learned that, honestly, the art of the conversation is useful. So, um, Corey, we're, we're just about to ask you for the tools that we need to have those conversations. Uh, but I'm just going to, as kind of a pastor, just sort of, you know, put this out there to our church family. 
We have absolutely got to do a better job of having conversations with people that we disagree with. You know, we all, we criticize cancel culture, right? You know, where, hey, if you don't agree with me, I'm just going to delete your account or I'm going to turn you off or I'm going to boycott you. But hey, time out. We kind of accidentally practice this when we have conversation with somebody, find that we disagree about faith, and then we just walk away from them or just get so argumentative that they cannot hear us. So I want to challenge the church to learn to really love people well, listen to them, talk with them in a way that they can hear it. I think a lot of the time, uh, the, the first and biggest mistake we, we make when it comes to dialogues with the lost and dying world is that we can't share our hope with Jesus with them in a way that they can hear it. Maybe because we're angry or we're turned off or we get nervous or we don't think or we clam up, but Corey, you are going to help us with that today. So Corey, man, thanks for sharing some content about how to have these conversations. Yeah, so, you know, you asked Stroh the question, um, why are these conversations important? Why is it important for our church family to know how to have these conversations? And I think, you know, we always go to Scripture and we always look at Scripture of why we do things as Christians and what we're called to. Uh, and Peter gives us a good reason. It says in 1 Peter 3.15, But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. And he goes on the next verse and says, do it with kindness, with compassion. Um, but really, Peter is calling us to be ready. I mean, this is something that we're not just like, asking our church family, but this is something that in Scripture we're called to be ready for, um, that the Apostle Peter says to be ready for. Um, and I think we, we do these conversations, we, we're ready for these conversations, and we do them in the way that we're called to as believers with compassion, love, and kindness. Um, there's some practical ways that, I mean, I've, we explored as college students over this retreat that, and that I learned. Um, and so as Stroh said, like, our goal in these conversations is to have them. When we're having them, we are directing the, the conversation. We are exposing faulty thinking in a, in a loving way. Um, we are allowing the other person across the room to recognize, hey, maybe I need to rethink my worldview again. There's some holes that I'm missing that I didn't think about. And, I, and I'm finding that people are not going to do that. They're not going to go home and consider their worldview if we're insulting them, yeah. right? And so I think where Peter says we've got to be ready, I mean, let's get ready. But I just also want to underline that, you know, when Peter says, and do it with gentleness and respect, I think sometimes in the church that's where we're guilty. So maybe you feel like you're not prepared for the conversations. Okay, well, we're getting you prepared. Let's get on, let's get on that, right? But but I'm saying make sure you have them with the right heart, with that gentleness yeah. and respect. So, Corey, um, you got a couple of questions, some key tools that you and Stro have learned. Um, so share them with us. Yeah, so three useful questions that I think, you know, Stro's gone from that I've learned. Um, he mentioned the tactics book by Greg Kokel. Recommend reading it. Um, but three useful questions that he says we should have when directing conversations with people when we're defending the faith. He says, what do you, the first one, what do you mean by that? And that's what I find sometimes in our, in our worldviews, uh, in our world in general, when we're having arguments and conversations, we lack clarity. Um, I feel like that our culture as a whole, when we're just talking about things, um, we lack clarity on what we mean. Um, and so when we ask that, we're asking the person across the room, hey, really, like, do you, what what are you saying? Because what I'm hearing can be taken many different ways. Um, 
So that's the first question. What do you mean by that? What is the issue that you're talking about? What is it? What are you talking about? Um, and then the second is what evidence led you to that conclusion? So not only are we asking them what um, clar clarity, but where's the evidence behind what you're what you're talking about, what you're arguing for? And the third one is have you considered? Um, so we're asking, you know, the, the goal of our discussions and conversations is to suggest more fruitful alternatives. So, so all right, to make sure that these are sticking with me and to make sure they stick with our podcast listeners, the three questions are, the first one you said was, what do you mean by that? Yep. And the second one was, what's your evidence for that? Or What why? evidence led you to that conclusion? Gotcha. You know, why are you th Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then the third one is, have you considered the and alternative? Then you're, yeah, of course, you're here to present the alternative. All right, yeah. good. So you want to say anything else about how we should use those? I mean, so let's just kind of play it out. Like, I would imagine, let's say I'm a high school kid, right? I mean, I've got a high school kid. I, I love mm -hmm. my high school kid. So let's say I'm a high school kid, and I'm trying to share Christ with, uh, with somebody that I love, you know, that's at, at school with me, classmate. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, you know, hey, man, I, um, I, don't, I don't do church. You know, I don't do God. I don't believe in God anymore. And, I, and I'm, you know, I say, well, why not? Say, I don't believe in God anymore because science has already disproven God. You know, and I, I believe in science, and mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. it, most of the podcast listeners know that I'm like a huge science fan. Our family, mm -hmm. we're science people, so you know that's not my position. All right, so your high schooler, your friend just says, I can't believe in God because of, because I believe in science. And mm -hmm. so if I use these three questions, how's that work? Like I. Yeah, so I mean, first, what do you mean by that? So what, when you say science has dis, has already disproven the existence of God or the existence of a deity, what do you mean by that? Like, okay. And what evidence has led you to that conclusion? So when you ask me the first the first question, what do I mean by that? Like I can already feel myself wanting to waffle around, you know, because that's the kind of thing we just snatch out of the air. It's part mm -hmm. of our world. It's what we hear in culture. It's what we hear in the media. We just assume it, right? And so when, when I actually have to put words to it and have to think about it, gosh, I feel like I, mm -hmm. I could imagine me wrestling. And your second question was? What evidence led you to that conclusion? Wow. And I guess the sad thing is probably a lot of the time we don't, I would assume that mm -hmm. we're not going to have a lot of evidence. You know, that our dialogue partner is just going to say, I don't really have any good research. I can't point yeah. out any facts. I just, my friends think that or yeah. something. Yeah, I can see how this would be really, really helpful. And so then after those two, we would say, well, have you considered this alternative that maybe science and the existence of God don't, you know, science and faith don't conflict, but conflict, they don't butt heads, but they work together. Okay, so I appreciate that. That's a really, really helpful, you know, thought exercise for me. I'll just pitch this to both of you guys and we'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. All right, so First Peter, you know, tells me to be ready to give an answer to everybody who's asking me for the reason I have hope in Jesus Christ. He's telling me to do that with gentleness and respect, and I'm just, I'm trying to bring that gentleness and respect to the conversation. And you guys are teaching me to ask these three questions, right? Um, mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? What evidence led me to that conclusion? And have a considered alternatives? I love the love those three questions. Why do you think the three questions are better? than the route I might have taken a month ago if I was just doing this on my own, which I'll tell you what that would be. You know, this guy says, I don't think I can believe in God and science. And what, what I would have done is I would have begun, I would have begun immediately to give him my reasons, you know, for believing that God and science can exist. You know, I mean, it's almost like I'm engaging the argument 
uh, from my position really quick is I want to change his mind. I want to right. I want to you know give him all my reasons. Why would it be better for me to ask him these three questions instead of me just unloading on the guy? Well, first you may answer the wrong question. You may give him evidence he isn't interested in or doesn't think he needs. That's so really a good point, Stro. The best way to start is to get as much information as you can, which is why we ask in a lot of different ways, not with always the same phrase. What do you mean by that? How'd you get there? When you say science and faith, like that science has said, we don't need a God. How has it done that? What do you mean? Uh, so you get a better picture of where they're coming from. And then you start asking the question, do you have any evidence there? Do you have any evidence there? What makes you believe that? What, what concrete reasons can you give me for that? And folks start to realize, man, I think I just, I think I just inherited this one. I don't have any good reasons for it. I just heard one say it, and I thought, well, I'll take it. And so then they're looking for evidence, and instead of running off with your evidence from the beginning, this puts them in a place where they're actually they interested actually, in hearing. Actually, might want it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, gang, I really appreciate this. Like, this is really simple, but in my opinion, really intelligent. So thank y'all for sharing this with our college students. But today, thanks a lot for sharing it with uh, with all of our church family. So Corey, Stro, thanks a ton for your time. Thanks for your influence. Thanks for thinking this out with us. Church family, let's be ready to share our faith with gentleness and respect.